Hey, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Project Do-It-Yourself podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking to Grace Anna about her experience buying and repairing KitchenAids. This podcast is sponsored by Project Do-It-Yourself. Connect with us at projectdoityourself.com where you can sign up for our email listserv and hear about upcoming events. Let's jump in. I really would love to hear about how you got into fixing KitchenAids and what makes you excited about that. Yeah, basically my boyfriend and I, as this random thing we did on weekends, would just go thrift shopping and I had always been looking for one and he found a mixer at one of the stores and it wasn't working. Basically it was dripping oil. And so I did a quick search on my phone to see, is that fixable? What is it? You know, what would it run me? And then thought, oh, it sounds easy enough. So why don't I give it a try? It wasn't a super expensive machine. So basically fixed that first one. And then very soon after, he and I found a lot more just randomly at the stores. Um, And so I would buy them and my friends knew that I did it because I was, of course, bragging about it. This is so cool. (laughs) And so basically I had a list of friends who said they were interested if I came across one to let them know and that they would be happy if it was already working or if, if I needed to repair it. So the first one I found and subsequent ones, I've replaced it as my personal one just based on its capacity. And so now the one I have is just a larger quantity, like it's the biggest one. And that one, the I can basically, as long as the uh, motor turns on, I can fix the parts that are in the head. But if the motor doesn't work, then I don't know how to do it. Okay. And you have to fully replace the motor. And that's more expensive than the machines are worth at that point. Um, I got it. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, but then someone had posted on Nextdoor a couple months ago that they had found one that wasn't working and could someone walk them through how to fix it? And so I ended up calling this gal who lived in Columbia Heights and walked her through how to try to fix hers. So her motor wasn't running, but she had already taken it fully apart. It was really interesting to hear what, because she had gotten it from a neighbor. But yeah, the one I currently have didn't turn, like it turned on, but it didn't spin at all. So I had to buy a few parts for it, and then fully take all the grease out and put it back in. Interesting. What were some of the things that you learned about along the way when you were trying to figure out that first one? YouTube. (laughs) Like, basically, YouTube's your friend for pretty much anything. A lot of people... I would say there are a fair number of YouTube channels of people fixing things themselves and then walking people through the steps and going slow enough. And it's... The mixers themselves are pretty standard. So once you know what to look for, then... Like now I know for every time, like if I'm putting more grease in it, I know how much is the appropriate amount or looking for things. Like I didn't fix cars or anything, but you can see when there's shards of metal and that you're going to have to get all of it because that's going to break it. Because basically the machines themselves are built such that they should, pieces should break to prevent the motor from dying. So if the piece breaks, then it will stop working and that saves the motor. So once the motor's dead, then it's just done. That's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. which I, I know they can last a really long time. Yeah, definitely 30 or 40 years. You just have to turn them on. You you just have to make sure you run them. If you think about when you have a car and you need to turn on the motor and let it run for a little while, that's the same principle. So basically, if someone gives you a KitchenAid in the box and you haven't opened the box in years as a wedding present, that might not be the most effective way to store it and just keep it, turn it on every few months, basically. Got it. So it's a tool that requires use to keep it in best shape. Yes, because the grease will separate. So once the grease separates, then it will leak and then you won't have the lubrication that you need for the parts to run properly. 
When you first started doing this, did you have all the tools and parts you needed or where did you learn to do that? I think between myself and my boyfriend, we had all the tools. You can buy food safe grease off of Amazon and you can buy most of the parts. When you figure out, you have to take it apart and look, you visually see what's broken. And most of those parts you can buy off of Amazon too. So you just have to have a general idea of what the part might be called. But I had never done mechanical work before taking them apart. But now I, and so now I'm comfortable taking my sewing machine apart and looking to see what, what works or doesn't work based on having repaired KitchenAids. Do you like repairing these KitchenAids with your sewing machine? Is it? Yeah, I would say that I think as our society is so consumer oriented and so I can just buy a new one, I think for the things, they're expensive machines. And so I would rather try to fix it first. And I just think in general, better not to waste. I just, it feels a a sense of an accomplishment when I know when I've bought something and it doesn't work and then I'm able to make it work is pretty exciting. Because again, I think our society in general, it's more really just, oh, let me just throw this away and buy a new one versus trying to take it apart and fix it yourself. You mentioned that you were not really mechanical. You haven't really done a lot of these things. And before this, it you sounds like you're now doing your sewing machine repair. Are there other things that you have started doing because you started fixing your KitchenAids? I have installed a few, with my boyfriend's help, a few barn doors because I didn't like how the doors to my bathroom. Uh, I think I've just, I know it's more Like I'm capable of doing it. And so I'm willing to take the time to research to see if there's something that I can do myself or if I need help and have someone else do it. I think that's also just probably because I bought a place that I feel more flexible to do that. But I think when I started doing the KitchenAid repairs when I was renting, and that's probably like the step in terms of this is mine. I can invest whatever I need to in terms of the supplies and then have the flexibility and freedom to do more as you have the space. That's one of the things for DC. Like I wish I had more space to try out different things. Like I would love to do furniture renovation or, or reupholstery or things like that. But I just don't feel like I have a space in the city. Yeah, I completely understood. When you're doing the repair, is there like a certain like zone that you feel like you're in when you're doing it? Or is it just like, what are you thinking about, I guess, when you're doing a, a repair or a fix? Uh, Probably just, oh, I hope I don't mess something else up. (laughs) (laughs) That's completely fair. Aside from running it every so often, there's nothing else that people should be doing, right, for their KitchenAids to have them function for a long time? No, as long as they, like, take it out of the box, because I looked up to see what causes the grease to leak, for example, since that was the first problem that I ran into. And basically, if you have it in the box and it had been stored on its side, that's a way for the grease to naturally separate. So basically, if you receive one new, take it out of the box and put it on your counter. And if you're going to store it in the box, make sure you're storing it standing up and then just run it every few months or so. Just for a few Got minutes. It. That really just keeps neat. the grease moving. Were you interested at all in this stuff growing up? Or did you have any kind of DIY projects that you did at home? Probably not. My dad did a ton of home building and car repair type thing. So I've changed my car's oil or and learned how to change my tires. But nothing. No, not really. That's actually pretty cool. I haven't done my oil or my tires. I've replaced the brakes Left. and the rotors. I don't know about the tires. It seems a challenge to me. <laughs> I feel like the brakes sound scarier than replacing the tires, though, if you think about it. See, I think like now that I've done them once, I've done it a couple of times. Like you just you pop them in, you pop them out. Yeah. That's it. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you found this, but you, the second or third times you've done your KitchenAid repair, I think I feel like it's pretty easy for you to do, right? Yeah. It's not that hard. 
because it's it's yeah. just like a matter of you're just using a few pieces like a few small tools and then opening it up and then how long does it take you to if you let's say someone gave you one they said that it's not working right how long before you can figure out what's wrong and repair it if i have all the parts and the tools you could do it in an hour or two if nothing's wrong with it and you just need to regrease it then you could do it in less than an hour is there anything else you want to share for people that are interested in doing this for their own KitchenAid? Anything that they should know in terms of getting into it for the first time? I think just being confident in taking something apart, being okay. If you can't fix it, that's okay too. There are repair shops that you could go to. YouTube's your friend and there are a lot of people take the time to put up some very detailed videos. So that's a really good resource. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking your time. You're welcome. Do you know someone who would be a good fit for this podcast? Send me a message at podcast at projectdoityourself.com. Arlen Strassman wrote this theme. Thank you for joining and I will see you next week.